Hello everybody, my name is Dr. Philip Fletcher and welcome to the Humanity Matters broadcast where we focus on faith, nonprofit, leadership, and philosophy. Today we have with us Andy Hawkins who is running for State Representative District 70. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine, Phil. Thank you very much for asking me to come and participate. Good. Uh, today, uh, Mr. Hawkins is joining us as he has joined other candidates as we discuss poverty as it relates to Arkansas. And as we move forward, we invite you to send in your questions uh, related to poverty as it relates to homelessness, uh, food insecurity, employment, health, and a host of other issues. And so, uh, Mr. Hawkins, won't you talk to us today about uh, where you come from, your background, family, all that good stuff? I'd be happy to do that. Yes. So, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Lake Village, Arkansas, and for folks uh, that are familiar with the state know that that is in the southeast part of the, uh, the state, okay. the, the very far southeast portion, uh, not far from the state of Mississippi, not far from the state of Louisiana. Okay. And as far as that relates to a poverty situation, if you will go and look at any United States Census map, mm -hmm. um, the area up and down the Mississippi River on either side is labeled as a high poverty area. Okay. I mean, that is a, that's the area that I came from. So okay. poverty is not anything new to me. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I, I grew up with it. I, it was all around me as I grew up. And so I've, I've seen people in that state, and uh, so I know what it, I think I know what it looks like. Okay, all right. Um, uh, if you would like for me to tell you some more about me, I'd yeah, be happy, to, oh, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the University of Arkansas uh, in the early 1970s. Uh, I studied journalism, a okay. journalism degree from okay. the university. Uh, after I left uh, the university, I went to work for a or as I worked my way through college, I okay. worked at a radio station, uh, and uh, then I worked at TV station, one TV station in uh, Fayetteville, Fort Smith. Okay. Uh, it was called KLMN, Channel 24 at that time. Okay. And uh, from there, I was hired uh, by Channel 7 in Little Rock. I was a sportscaster. Really? I was okay. a sportscaster. Uh, so uh, that's that's my background is. Uh, having a microphone and a camera in front of me. That, okay. that doesn't bother me. Very okay, much. good. That's good. Uh, I still do the uh, public address announcing uh, for the Conway Wampus Cat football team. Okay. I've done that for about 20 years, give or take a year. Okay. Uh, prior to that, I was the public address announcer for the University of Arkansas Razorback football team. So oh. I'm telling you some stuff that you might or might not know. No, about. I didn't know that about yeah. you. Yeah, no. so, okay. so I, uh, uh, I came from a place. Uh, where I was fortunate enough to have people who cared about me and cared about me being able to do things that I wanted to do in this life. And uh, I, I think that's one of the things that I want to touch on as we get into our conversation okay. about how we can address poverty. Okay. Uh, been in Conway 25 years about, been in the Conway City Council for 23 of those years, and during that time uh, we've seen uh, uh, Tremendous population growth. Yes, there were 26,000 people uh, here when I got to town. Uh, there are over 60,000, some say as many as 65,000 people here right now. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, we've developed parks here. Uh, we've done a tremendous job with our parks, uh, with our uh, exercise facilities, with our bike uh, pathways mm -hmm. and our walking pathways. And uh, uh, 
Don Owen Center, the McGee Center, mm -hmm. uh, on either side of town that are free to the citizens of the community. Um, uh, we put in millions of dollars, tens of million dollars of roads, and uh, we have a new uh, expo center, we have a technology park, and all of that has happened during uh, the time that I've been on, on okay. the city council. Okay, so why are you uh, uh, choosing to run for office? You uh, been at the city council for over two decades, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now you're throwing your hat in the ring to move to the state level. Uh, what what motivated you to make that decision? Well, I was motivated to do that because I think I bring a, a, a little different skill set to the to the game okay. than, than some people might have. Uh, in that I have been there and I've done that. Mm -hmm. uh, I have sat in the room with other people as we negotiate situations. Okay. As we negotiate trying to bring a new business, new industry to town. Uh, I've sat in the room where uh, rezoning uh, issues have been very hotly contested. Okay. Uh, people want to rezone something one way and it just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you, you just you can't make something fit. I also, here's the thing I think that I do uh, as well as anything, folks, yes, is, is that I, I know I talk a lot, but I also, no, but I also listen. Yes, sir. I can also listen very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I try to listen, uh, understand, hear and understand what someone's problem or issue is, mm -hmm. and then go to work on trying to help that person. And that's, if you go deep down to my core, that's what I'm all about. I'm, okay. trying, I'm trying to help people to help themselves. Okay, good. So give us uh, your definition of poverty. Uh, how, how would you uh, define poverty? People have you know, different uh, definitions. Um, you know, there's a, a, a HUD definition, there's an education definition of poverty, there's a religious definition of poverty. Um, what is your definition of poverty? Well, my definition of poverty would be probably multi-pronged okay. from the standpoint of it usually involves money. Okay. Let, me, let, me, let me just start there. It okay. usually involves money or the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. uh, people can't afford health care. They can't afford food. They can't afford a roof over their house okay. or a roof over their head. Uh, so, so a lack of, of money or income is a is a primary driver of poverty. Uh, you deal with people all the time who are out in the elements. I mean, they are living in the elements, and on a day like today, with the remnants of a, of a hurricane on us, uh, that's not any fun. Yes, it's just not any fun. I like to go camping, but I don't want to live like that every day. Right. And and so I understand that, uh, that that you need to have a roof over your head. Mm -hmm. And that's and that in my mind, that's the first thing that you have to that you have to take care of. Okay. Because if you can take care of that and get that off of the table, then people can start to to get their lives together. Okay. And and, uh, and, and start making a better life. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, one of the things we, we have learned and I've uh, read on other things is that when you get a person stable, uh, specifically a, a housing situation and a house situation that is it's safe and it's uh, some level of uh, standard of living is quality, and then there's other things that you're able to address uh, are more easily able to be accomplished. I mean, I think if we look even at our own lives, mm -hmm. you know, the ability to come in a in a dwelling place, be able to lock the door and, and just be, uh, that's one of the things I think we don't ever think about, whereas other people, that's something they're thinking about all the time. Mm -hmm. 
in regards to all the other stuff that they've got to think about. Um, yeah, that's a good, good answer. Uh, once again, it's Philip Fletcher. I'm with Andy Hawkins, who is running for State Representative District 70 uh, here in the state of Arkansas. Uh, we are discussing poverty. Uh, we are at Round Mountain Coffee today. We thank them for allowing us once again uh, to host these discussions. As we continue to talk about poverty and these questions, we invite your questions as well as it relates to poverty, uh, either in uh, Conway, the city, Faulkner County, or the state of Arkansas. Now, District 70, uh, what does it cover? Sure. Uh, District 70 is mainly west of Donahue. Okay. Uh, in, in, uh, that's on the Faulkner County side. Okay. There are some areas over in Perry County we'll talk about in just a moment. Mm -hmm. But on the Faulkner County side, it's west of Donahue, uh, all the way from the north end of the south end, mm -hmm. uh, with the exception of an area at the intersection of Prince and Hogan, Right. Uh, what I call the Centennial Valley area okay. that is out of the uh, that is out of District 70 and is represented by another uh, House of Representatives uh, uh, person. Okay. Uh, then we have some area that goes down in toward the airport down in the Lolly Bottoms area mm -hmm. and wraps around as the river comes back toward the uh, east uh, toward Mayflower. It does not actually get into the city limits of Mayflower, okay. but there's a, there's a strip that goes down the river okay. and then back toward the east. And then over into Perry County, uh, most of it is uh, within a mile as the crow flies from uh, from the river okay. in, in either direction. Uh, there's several hundred houses over in that part of the, of the district. Okay. Um, there's a uh, author I read. Her name is uh, Martha Nussbaum. She talks about one of the roles of politicians is to um, uh, create a situation and environment in which people have the opportunity to flourish. And, and there are times when even politicians can get in the way uh -huh. of uh, persons, men, women, children, be able to flourish as human beings. She, uh, it's called a capabilities approach. But applying that um, to government, what do you, how do you see the role of government in addressing poverty? Should it be more government, less government? Should it be a mix? What, what is your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that, Philip, would be that it's going to take individuals interacting with other individuals. Okay. Now, whether that's at a government level or whether that's at a, at a personal level. Okay. Uh, uh, let's take Kokovo, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, you're out on the front lines mm -hmm. every day, mm -hmm. and you see these people, and you know more about what they need than anybody else mm -hmm. does. So you are a fabulous resource to educate people in government as to what's needed. Okay. That's my opinion on okay. that. Okay. Then, from that point, then we formulate a plan okay. to address and attack the, the situation as you see it, because you see it, like I say, every day. Uh, my friends at uh, Soul Food Cafe, okay. they also uh, are, are treating another form of poverty uh, that uh, that's in our area, and uh, uh, by providing meals to people who have a deficiency of food. So they know more about that than I do. Mm -hmm. So I need to take input from, from them mm -hmm. as it relates to uh, how do we get food to people that are in need of that. Okay. Uh, so there are organizations right now that are uh, uh, working in that arena. Churches, there are some churches that are very active in, yes, in, in helping out as well. Mm -hmm. So, so it, is government the answer to the question? Philip, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Uh, but can government assist in, yes, in, in helping that? Yes, sir. I certainly yes, sir. believe that it can. Okay, good. Good. 
Um, so let's uh, talk about healthcare. Okay. Uh, in the news uh, this week, and I'm quoting a, a CNN article, uh, and it was reported as many as 4,600 Medicaid recipients in Arkansas have lost their benefits for the rest of this year after failing to meet the state's new work requirements. And this is from the CNN article uh, dated yesterday, uh, September 6th. And uh, the options they describe as being available that are included in the work uh, include employment, uh, include uh, school, volunteering, or some type of job searching. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Medicaid is a very important thing for persons uh, who are in poverty situations. Um, let's evaluate those efforts for a second. Um, give me your thoughts just on Arkansas Works as a whole. Well, um, let me just make a, uh, my comment about that. Whenever, yeah. whenever 5,000 people are kicked off of medical insurance, they're, 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 they're just summarily dismissed. Mm -hmm. uh, that, in my mind, is an issue. Okay. Uh, I think that I think that everyone should have access to health care. Uh, and, and should there be some things that are required? Maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know that I'm not the person to answer that for. Mm -hmm. But when you kick 5,000 people to the curb, basically, it's, that just is not a it's not a good thing. It's not a fair thing, and consequently, we have by doing that created a possible issue uh, in our state with uh, with people that are that are going to cost a lot more money down the line okay. because they can't have an immediate problem treated. Right. And if that immediate problem is not treated, uh, then it turns into a larger problem. Right. Somebody's going to pick the tab up on this. Yes, uh, if, if they go to the hospital and and uh, the, the tab is going to get picked up by somebody, yes, and, and that somebody might be in additional insurance premiums for you or for me or for other people sitting in this room. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to pick that tab up. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. You're just not going to let people die. That's, uh -huh. that's not that's, that's not right. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you evaluate the uh, the, the requirements? Um, what evaluate those efforts of, of asking people to work? Because um, it's a minimum of 80 hours uh, that they describe. It's either the work, going to school for a minimum of 80 hours, volunteering, or job searching. Um, more of that, less of that, as far as what they describe as personal responsibility. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like I need to go and, and okay. look at that a little bit closer. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know the answer to okay. that question right now. Okay. Um, I would think that uh, that a volunteer situation, uh, if someone wanted to go to the, to the hospital and volunteer, or if they wanted to go to wherever and volunteer to help a problem that we, any kind of a poverty situation, yes, sir. If, if they're going to help that situation, then then, then uh, I, I think that that would work. Um, outside of that, I just I don't have an answer for okay. that right now. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Okay. What would uh, what would you propose as uh, an alternative? to the work requirements uh, as a state legislator. Any ideas uh, that you could think of? Well, again, uh, the volunteer situation yeah. would probably be the, the, the best. Mm -hmm. um, uh, education is going to come into play in this mm -hmm. entire equation before it's all over. Okay. Uh, we need to have people uh, educated uh, where they can go out and get a job. Okay. A lot of people still don't know how to go and interview for jobs. Okay. They've never been taught that. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. They've never been taught that skill, and that, that's a, there's a skill involved with that. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to dress. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to present yourself when you go to an interview. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to know questions to ask of an employer. So, so there's an education that needs to occur with people uh, uh, before you can just throw them into a, a situation yes, where you say, "Go, go get them, yes, get out there and get them." Mm -hmm. uh, you've got to, you've got to help people uh, to be able to help themselves. Okay. Uh, so, you know, the work requirement is a good segue into uh, our next question is about this work in general, mm -hmm. and uh, my experience is. You know, here in <clears throat> Arkansas, specifically even where you're seeking to be a representative, uh, that for many people, uh, two jobs is necessary. Mm -hmm. um, especially if it's a, a mother or a father uh, or a family that's cohabitating, uh, that two incomes, really four incomes if you think about two people working two jobs, mm -hmm. in order to simply make it uh, for themselves and then any dependents that they may have. Um, can you talk to us about the you know, what's been framed as income inequality, uh, what's some possible solutions uh, that the state legislature, working with the governor, obviously, could propose uh, to help people's wages increase? Well, I think that uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy that $25,000 mm -hmm. is a poverty level for two adults and two kids. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, $25,000 is nothing. But that goes back to an education piece, okay. I think, Bill. I think, that, I think we have to get people educated as to what their talents are. Okay. A lot of people don't know what their talents are, and they need to know that. Mm -hmm. They need to know that they're good uh, at uh, 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 working on a computer, or they need to know that they're good working on a telephone, mm -hmm. or they need to know that they're good taking pictures, or they need to know they're good at what they're good at. Okay. And a lot of folks don't know what they're good at because no one has ever told them. Okay. Nobody has ever said, you are really good with this, why don't you pursue this particular vocation? Okay. Um, so uh, I, I think, I don't know whether sometimes people have just have not had the people behind them parents or the friends who have taught them mm -hmm. uh, what it is that's good about them. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you can teach people what they are good at, then they become a more productive member of society. So do I hear, do I hear you saying then, uh, do we need more vocational training at, I guess, at the high school level, um, college level? Do we need some changes in just our education system uh, to then address the, the work issue. I, I think that I think that we need to find out what people are good at. Okay. I think that there needs to be some kind of an evaluation uh, done on what is what's your aptitude. Mm -hmm. What what is it that you know? And what is it that you can contribute with? Okay. And so if that means increasing the uh, uh, the uh, work. Um, Situation, you know, the work programs to, uh -huh. to train people. Absolutely, okay. absolutely, okay. Uh, because everybody deserves to, to, to have a chance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, once again, it's Philip Fletcher. We're here at Round Mountain Coffee, and we are sitting with 
State Representative Candidate Andy Hawkins, and we're having a discussion on poverty. Once again, we uh, invite your questions as uh, we are having a good discussion about education and about uh, health care. Uh, Andy, um, let's, let's, let's talk about housing. Okay. Um, swing back around that way. Okay. Uh, USA Today, I had an article come out recently about the uh, quality of housing for veterans. Mm -hmm. um, we have, you know, here in our county, we estimate about 221 persons that are homeless uh, based off the most recent point in time count. Um, you kind of alluded to that uh, housing is an important element for stability, uh, for a person to continue to move forward. Um, what role do you think uh, the state can play, you, uh, God willing, being the next state legislator for uh, represent, uh, District 70, uh, what role do you think our state government can play in, in housing for people in our state? Well, there's a, there's a, a partnership, I think, that could okay. be available not only with state government, but also with federal government, with okay. the CDBG grants. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, the city of Conway is uh, in the midst of uh, doing some housing work in the mm -hmm. Pine Street area, mm -hmm. uh, renovation of that area that's going to provide uh, new housing availability. Uh, I know that your group, uh, COHO, is, is working mm -hmm. on building uh, small houses. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so those are two things that, uh, uh, that I'm very interested in watching and finding out how government can, uh, local, state, and federal government can assist because, again, I'm going to go back, Phil, to the, to, to the point that everything starts with a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Yeah, I, I keep hearing you say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It start, okay. it's, that's where it starts. Okay. And so we need to have information from, uh, from Coho. We need to have information from Sulphur Cafe. We need to have uh, information coming from, uh, from uh, city government regarding CDBG money. Uh, so, so we've got we've got lots of things that we can do and can work on. Okay. So, looking at the, the current uh, legislature, legislature uh, and those men and women who are down in Little Rock, uh, evaluate their efforts in addressing poverty in Arkansas. If you were to give them a grade, from, you know, standard A to F, uh, where would you put them? Well, this week, kicking five thousand people week, off of yeah. off of okay. uh, health insurance, yes, it, the grade's not very good. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the scale is, uh, uh, whether it's a whether it's a sliding scale or not. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, my grade right now is not good for, for okay. them. We need to figure out a way to not allow that to happen. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm, just, I'm not one for giving grades. So okay. I'm, just right. not, I'm not that person. Okay. okay. All right. Good deal. Right. Good deal. So, uh, considering uh, your area desired representation, mm -hmm. okay. What is it that you hope to bring to the table as the next you know, state representative for District 70? Sure. Yeah. What uh, what I hope to bring to the table and what I what I know I can bring to the mm -hmm. table because I've done it for 23 years is I bring a set of good ears. Okay. Uh, as much as I talk, uh, I, I I listen better okay. than I talk. And okay. When it's, and when it's time for me to learn something, I can sit down at a table and I can listen to people give me input. And then we can all sit down and work on a, a solution to the problem. Okay. Good. Does anybody have any questions? You bet. Uh, sure. Tell I, me your name. I'm Ron McCarty. Nice to meet you, sir. Thank you. Um, I came in a few minutes late. Welcome. Uh, thank you for that. But what are the top three?
Some people, as far as the job prospects, someone with a felony on their record, 
thank you for the question. I think that the first thing that we probably need to do is uh, is get uh, uh, find out what the issue was with that particular person. Uh, uh, sex offenders are have to be registered, uh, but people that have other other items on their their record. That's a, that's a completely different situation. Um, as far as the employment opportunities for them and the strikes against them, uh, that uh, has been a part of, of our society. And what we need to do, I think, is we need to help people with those strikes against them get reacclimated to society uh, if they've been incarcerated uh, because the repeat offender number is very high folks that have been in prison uh, and a lot of them do go back uh, to prison because that's what they know. Uh, it goes back, Philip, to the thing that I said, people need to engage one-on-one. -on -one. And if you can find a mentor uh, that if you're coming out of prison, there are people around this community right now that I know that, that offer folks that have come out of prison a job. And some of those people work out and, and they get on a good path. Other ones don't for whatever reason uh, and, and, and end up back in jail. So it, it's the one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm sorry that I keep going back to that thought, but that's in my mind, okay. that's the story. That's okay. the story. Okay. I think, uh, you know, to that question, um, I know there's some movements in other parts of the, of the country uh, and I know summarize it's called kind of like remove the box, uh, where people, when they go into an application, they have, you know, you got to check that box and explain why uh, such and such event happened in your past. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's arguments you know, on both sides as to why uh, that can be on the application. There's other reasons we could argue for why that shouldn't be on the application. Uh, I think it's important. Um, in, in my experience, what I've seen is a lot of men and women who come out of uh, serving their time, you know, pay their dues to society, uh, you know, they're trying, we're asking, we society are asking them, you know, you got to, you know, be a productive member of society, but then we have these hurdles that they've got to jump through. I've seen people who are able to do it, and I've seen people who just feel as if, um, you know, when they walk in, um, either from an employment situation or even uh, from a rental situation mm -hmm. as well. Uh, it's one of the things I learned that uh, there are places that won't even uh, uh, rent an apartment to a person who's been released from incarceration. But you need an address, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, that's, part of, that's part of your requirements for being paroled out or on probation to have an address so that you know, your uh, PO or whoever else needs to come and see where you're at, that's where you're supposed to be at. And so. Um, yeah, I think legislature, uh, yes, the one-on-one -on -one is good, but also the legislature saying, hey, maybe we need to rethink some of this stuff as well. Or, you know, like, we're going to pay for it some end. Either we're going to pay for it, we can do the cheaper approach of lessening restrictions, or we can pay for it on the other end with that high recidivism rate. And, you know, part of it, I think, is a, we're more of a retributive society than a restorative society, if that makes sense mm -hmm. uh, to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, but that's a hard cultural shift yes, it is. Uh, uh, for people to see. 
And, you know, I understand, you know, when people have something taken from them, uh, some, you know, there's this, I want this person dealt with, right? But uh, I think once that's, that debt is paid, if a debt is paid, then I'm free, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of times we say, yeah, you're free physically, but when you get out here, you're still not free. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my two cents. What do you, what do you see in, out in the field? Do you see a lot of this? Yeah, I do. And so, um, like I mentioned, we had a, uh, in the work that I do, you know, we have a home for men. And, uh, you know, like some places, shelter-wise, won't take persons who have uh, been convicted of uh, some type of physical assault uh, or violence um, or, uh, you know, just, they just have that mark on their record, mm-hmm. right? So we'll take them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we take them, we bring them in, and then uh, we want them to transition and get their own place. But the other roadblock then we run into is, uh, you know, these men, they don't have the money, the capital to go out and buy a house, you know, uh, and so the option is to rent. But then, when you fill out that rental application, it's like a job application. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? Mm-hmm. You know, when you put that on there, then it's like, well, we can't rent to you. But they're like, well, I need an address to fulfill my probationary requirements. Yes, so a catch twenty-two. Um, right. So I understand uh, for some crimes, you mentioned like sex offender. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a whole different situation. Yeah. Being near uh, children and, and that kind of thing. But for those who, who've done a, I would call it a white collar crime, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like people in Wall Street get convicted of, but anyways, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, taking money or, or something like that, or theft, something that's not bodily harm or anything like that, uh, or even drug use that's done to the self and not to anybody else. Uh, I ask myself, why do we continue to hang this over people? You know, and if we all would be honest, especially in our youth, we've all done some dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of us just didn't caught, didn't get caught, right? And so for those that did, and then they've set themselves up to say, hey, I want to do better. I want to be better. What society says, yeah, but jump over this. Yeah, but jump over that. Yeah, you want to vote? Well, you got to jump over this, you know, this kind of stuff. You know, voting is a whole different <laughs> I think that's unconstitutional, but that's just me. Um, I think, uh, so from what I've seen is we were saying we want people to be contributors in society, but in our actual policies and practice, we're saying something completely different. And so what we say has to line up, what we say has to line up with our policies. And um, to be honest, there's a lot of money to be made in incarceration. There's a lot of money to be made in keeping people in that system in and out or keeping them in. If I might throw something in here, we had uh, some some very smart people in our community Mm -hmm. uh, did a study uh, for the city council this past year. And in that, they came to a conclusion, or, or this is one of the things that I heard from their study, you build prisons today based on reading levels. Yes, I think it was fourth grade reading levels, and the fourth graders, the percentage of people that don't read at a fourth grade level in the fourth grade, mm-hmm. they start building prisons for them now. Mm-hmm. And and that's 
that's what we've got to take on. You know, we've got to take on the education component of this, or or we're going to keep getting what we've always had. And, and that is uh, a segment of the population that's in poverty and is always going to be in poverty. The way out of this is through education. May I interject on a question here? Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> with respect to the prison population, mm -hmm. uh, a huge, I, I don't know the numbers, but a huge percentage of nonviolent crime, particularly drug use. Mm -hmm. uh, do you favor decriminalizing? Not any drug, no, no, not any drug. But but what I will say is that after the last election cycle in which medicinal marijuana was approved, yep. uh, if there are people that are incarcerated uh, for selling that, if if at some point in time it uh, is approved to be recreational, I would fully be in favor of letting those people out of prison if they were in prison for selling. Uh, marijuana and particularly small amounts of marijuana. Uh, it, it's a different situation if you have if you have large drug dealers. That's that's a different deal. But if you have someone that was prosecuted and convicted uh, for small amounts, absolutely, and that's going to turn people get people out of the prison system that were in it uh, that that don't need to be there. It, it, again, it's my personal opinion that I think. That, that recreational marijuana will be voted on within the next four years. Uh, could be quicker than that, uh, but uh, I, I would be in favor of letting those people go. You've mentioned several times uh, the educational component being mm -hmm. important to addressing all the mm -hmm. areas. Uh, it seems to me I read recently that Harvard Med School uh, just dropped to zero the tuition cost. Which is really an extraordinary thing. Um, do you favor uh, some kind of free tuition or pumping a great deal more money into uh, educational programs? Spoken of vocational stuff, uh, and a number of other areas, uh, but always coming back to education being important in terms of crime. And But it seems to me that uh, without a whole lot more money uh, pumping into the system, a lot of these things are nice thoughts, mm -hmm. but uh, mm -hmm. a long way from being implemented. Sure. Look, uh, How do we do that? I'm very glad that How you. Get from a to Z? I'm very glad that you brought that up because I've been visiting with some people recently about uh, with with the UCA nursing school. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe trying to, to get that expanded because right now they have a limited number of spaces that they have available. Uh, they have a limited number of instructors that are available. <clears throat> what, what, what I would like to see is a move by the legislature to fund additional instructors or money for instructors because if you're teaching over in that, uh, in that area right now, you're an REN. You're a registered nurse. And, and so if an RN is going to teach, they're going to make a lot less money than they could if they went to Dr. Smith's office or to Conway Regional or to Baptist Hospital, uh, all here in town. Uh, uh, I would like to see something along the lines that 
if a nurse or a person that wants to be a nurse practitioner comes to school here in Conway, that if they go back to their particular communities uh, upon graduation and spend a certain amount of time in those communities, that uh, that, that uh, uh, tuition cost be forgiven. Uh, that does two things. It does two things. It brings people to Conway and, and to District 70 to uh, go to school. It brings additional employment to, to UCA and to our community. And it also, here's the most important component of this, it gets people out into the state of Arkansas to provide much needed health care. You were not here when I said where I was from. I'm from Lake Village, and Southeast Arkansas would love to have, I think, would love to have additional health care opportunities available. Uh, the towns of Dermont and Eudora uh, uh, are, are down in Chico County, and they don't have hospital there. They have to they have to use a hospital in Lake Village. So, if there were a physician's assistant that were available in those communities, what would that do yeah. for that area? I mean, you would reduce you would reduce uh, uh, the infant mortality rate. Uh, you would uh, you would reduce problems with uh, mothers that are uh, that are pregnant that are going to have children. Uh, it, it just makes all the sense in the world to me to do that. I, it sounds wonderful, but this is a very poor state uh, among the poorest in the country. Mm -hmm. you know, we just lost health care for five thousand people. Uh, there are all sorts of demands mm -hmm. uh, on limited funds. Mm -hmm. what about, what, how, how do we get, once again, it, there, in my mind there's a disconnect between the things we want to do and, and the things we seem able to get done. Well, what I would like to see, I would like to see, I would like to, to sit down at a table and visit with people about things that I'm interested in talking about and see if we can get some uh, some support for, for items along those lines. Um, I think that you are very right. Arkansas is a, is a poor state in certain areas, in certain areas. Conway's not one of those areas. Mm -hmm. Fayetteville, Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, not one of those areas. Jonesboro, not one of those areas. But a lot of the other places around Arkansas are in those areas. And, and uh, I, I just think that if we accept what we've always done and don't make some changes to that, then we're going to always have that poverty level. If, if we don't address it directly, then it's always going to be there. And people like Philip are trying to address this particular situation with COVA. And, and I'm telling you, you do a great job, and, and, and I'm so proud that you are, are trying to build some houses, small houses for people, that. because that's where, that's where it all gets started. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, so any, any concluding thoughts? Um, this is new to me. Uh, okay. uh, uh, I've walked neighborhoods before in the past yeah. uh, in Ward 1. Uh, uh, now I've got basically two wards. I've got Ward 1 and Ward 3 to walk, okay. plus an area down into the south part on this side of the river mm -hmm. uh, in Faulkner County and then over into Perry County mm -hmm. uh, along the river each way. So uh, uh, I, if you're looking for somebody that wants someone to listen to, that's what I'm that's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to listen and I'm going to try and help the situation. Uh, so that's that's my final thought. Thank you for joining us, sir. Phil, thank you very thank much. You. I appreciate it. Uh, join us Friday, September 21st, as we sit down with Senator Jason Rayford, who is running for re-election for the Arkansas State Senate District 35. And then on Friday, October 12th at 1130, we'll sit down with Maureen Skinner, who is running for Arkansas State Senate District 35. And then on October uh, 5th and 19th, we'll transition to discuss criminal justice as we sit down with Carol Cruz and Mr. Thromberry, who are running for the prosecuting attorney's position in the 20th Judicial District. This has been Humanity Matters, a resource of the City of Hope Outreach, discussing and reflecting on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. For more information, you can visit our website, coho58.org. Like us on YouTube at Humanity Matters. Follow the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And remember this, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Take care. God bless.